0: It's the Pete Callender Show. With more than 20 years as a reporter and radio host in North Carolina, Pete Callender is helping solve the world's problems one podcast at a time.
1: Because he's a giver. And now, here's Pete. What's going on? Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for listening. I appreciate it. The show is made possible by patrons such as Susan and another Susan and Sarah and Barry. And Patty, WC, Karen, Nancy, Lori, and another Lori, and Dustin, and Bob, and Paul, and Kim, I appreciate the support. They became patrons to support the show, and you can as well, just by going to Pete, uh, thepetecalendarshow.com. And you click on the link there, that takes you uh, to the Patreon page. You can also check out the podcast description. I've got all of the links that you need uh, to get directly to wherever you are going. Or want to go, right in the description. It's October first, twenty twenty, and uh, yesterday afternoon we had another development in the case uh, involving the North Carolina Board of Elections and uh, the way it issued new rules for the uh, the ballots, the absentee ballots that people are already casting and have been casting for a little while now. Uh, but a rule change, you know, right in the middle of the process, uh, and it raised a lot of concerns from Republicans. Uh, I'm going to get into this also. uh, Be aware. uh, Programming note uh, later on in the show, I will get back to the presidential debate as it relates to uh, the election integrity issues, uh, as well as Trump's taxes. So uh, 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 we got a lot of stuff to cover today. So first, some background. Uh, You'll recall Um, There was a a memo that went out to the board of elections in uh, the boards in all of the counties from the state board of elections. And this guidance was dictated by a consent agreement that was entered into by the state board of elections and the lawyer for. A Democrat affiliated group. The lawyer is Mark Elias, who has sued North Carolina about 40,000 times uh, over election laws and such. Mark Elias is uh, the Democrats, you know, go to lawyer. He represented Roy Cooper in his ballot recount in 2016 here in North Carolina in the gubernatorial race. Uh, He has he represented Hillary Clinton. He's he sued the state over any number of election laws and such. Uh so the guy has been around. He also uh you'll recall was part of the whole ballot harvesting recount uh down in North Carolina's ninth district, representing Dan McCready at the time. So um this is uh this guy now is representing an organization called the uh was it North Carolina Alliance for Retired Americans or something like that. And it's an affiliate of the AFL CIO. And they sued over uh, the ballot laws that are being implemented in the way that uh, the pandemic has impacted this election cycle. They're saying all of the rules that we were under, we really can't follow now because, you know, everybody will die from COVID. So uh, we can't follow all of those rules. So we're suing to unwind a lot of those rules. Well, what are rules except protections, right? And when it comes to elections, that's what the rules do. They protect election integrity. Now, yes, you can, and in the past, governments have done this—that uh, they, you know, use them to restrict access to the polls. Now, if you think. As a lot of our friends on the left think, that uh, a uh, having to present an identification card, uh, driver's license or something, when you go to vote, you think that that is suppressive activity, then you would argue that this is still occurring today. Government is still imposing these types of restrictions. I would also point out that the NAACP that has sued uh, over the voter ID laws, uh, their chapters when they do their election of officers, many of them use voter ID. In order to, yeah, they do. You have to have an identification in order to vote in their internal elections. But when it comes to our elections, they don't think there should be any need to prove who you are. So a restriction is usually designed for protection of the integrity of the system. Okay. So. All of that being said, this AFL-CIO group, uh, they sue the State Board of Elections. Uh, The Attorney General represents the state in these matters. But the Attorney General is Josh Stein, also a Democrat. Josh Stein also was the keynote speaker at this very group that's suing at their uh, convention in 2018. And his topic was like election-related issues. Surprise, surprise. Um, And uh, when Governor Cooper took over and Josh Stein... Uh, won the, uh, general, uh, the Attorney General race, the General Assembly, the Republican leaders, recognized pretty quickly that neither of these guys have any intention of defending General Assembly past laws in court, and so they went out and hired their own counsel. So they're now having to operate outside of the Attorney General's office, which is really how all of this kind of came to light now and why there's a fight ensuing because the General Assembly was not included on this consent agreement. The consent agreement was entered into by Mark Elias and this AFL-CIO group, and and that's one party, they're the plaintiffs, and they're suing the State Board of Elections and Attorney General Josh Stein is rec- is representing that agency. So here comes Josh Stein, again, with connections to the plaintiffs, Uh, and the board of elections and they enter into a deal they cut a deal to avoid litigation right that was the whole purpose to avoid litigation they never tell the general assembly about this it goes to a a vote in closed session it's voted on unanimously and they then announce this consent agreement uh, about a week ago after that is uh, announcement is made republican general assembly uh, leaders are like what the heck is this you guys have un." done state law you are essentially nullifying state law one of which is the witness requirement when you cast an absentee ballot you have to have a witness signature and uh, we'll get into some of the details here in a bit but that's one of the laws that the General Assembly says the Board of Elections undid okay Uh, and so they now uh, are challenging this and the Board uh, of Elections they had two Republican members they resigned they say they were misled Uh, And then the Democrats come out and they start arguing, you guys are basically lying. We were not misled. And then they release the minutes of the closed session where it's clear from the minutes that everybody was on board with this idea that we have to maintain the witness signature requirement right for an absentee ballot you have to have the witness signature we want to make sure that that remains and they were assured by the lawyers that this would remain and then when the memo went out to the county boards of elections from the state the memo said don't worry about the witness signature if somebody submits a ballot and it doesn't have the signature on it then you just you call them up you email them you get them to say oh yeah that's totally me they sign a little uh uh attestation, or they're calling it an affidavit. It's not really an affidavit because an affidavit would have like a notary public or a witness, and that's not required. All that's required is for you to say, I am who I say I am, and I filled out that ballot. That's it, which eliminates the witness signature requirement. Now, when Republicans were making this argument, there were a lot of uh, Democrats and media, but I repeat myself, uh, that were just ridiculing the Republicans for this argument saying oh my gosh you just don't want people to vote so because the Republicans were calling this agreement between the Democrats and the Democrats they were calling this a collusive agreement right they were saying it's essentially collusion the uh let me see here I've got two, two, two let's see GOP leaders aren't worried about voter fraud they're worried about a true vote this was the editorial board's position uh, at the Charlotte Observer and the Raleigh News and Observer. They share an editorial board now. Um, and they put this out saying, in this time of political tension, a little comic relief is welcome. So thank you, Senate, uh, Senate Leader Phil Berger and House Speaker Tim Moore. Your response to a proposed legal settlement agreed to by the State Board of Elections that will make it easier and safer to vote during a pandemic was hysterical. Yeah, they're they're... Editorial board writers, they're not comedians, and it definitely shows. Definitely shows. Um, By the way, if you go to Old Grouch's Military Surplus, he will show you all sorts of fantastic cold weather gear and clothing. Military grade thermal underwear in all sizes, wool sweaters, military field jackets and solid green and camo, wool and fleece toboggans and socks and Gore-Tex jackets. Uh, He also can help you put together an emergency kit for your vehicle. So God forbid you go off the road, you're going to be prepared for any kind of an emergency. Also, military grade backpacks. These things are going to last your kids way longer than the cheap stuff that you get at the big box stores. Uh, He's got ammo all kinds all sizes these are really cool uh great for storage you can put them. uh people use them as you know some of them are big enough you can use them as toolboxes and put them into your your truck or your shed or your garage unfortunately he's out of the body armor if that tells you anything about the state of things no more body armor all four of his suppliers he says are on six to twelve week back order and uh, not even taking orders from new customers anymore um he says uh tim at old grouches he says that uh, body armor and ammo are now what toilet paper and lysol were back in march tons of real u.s military surplus for more than three decades at old Grouch's military surplus on main street in downtown clyde the shop is open monday through saturday across the street from the anti-aircraft gun and at dot com. so the Editorial board said that uh, the Senate leader and the House Speaker, Tim Moore, and the Senate leader, Phil Berger, uh, that they responded to this consent agreement, this settlement deal with contrived outrage. Once again, I'm always amazed how these editorial board people know the motives of so many Republicans. And it's always bad. Have you noticed that? The motives are always terrible. Um, it they say that uh, this contrived outrage echoes President Trump's disgraceful efforts to undermine faith in the 2020 election results. Um, I I simply point this out. Um, is it possible that people's confidence in the integrity of the election system is actually cultivated uh, by the dismantling of the protections? Would anybody play the lottery if they thought it was rigged? Do you think people would not play the seriously, like? there's a reason people participate in systems. It's when they believe the outcome is not a foregone conclusion and it's not being rigged, it's not being somehow corrupted. And I would submit that if you are able to ensure the integrity of a system, uh, you will have greater participation in that system. If people think that their votes don't matter, if people think that uh, that the machines are, are broken or you know people are going to throw their votes away and stuff, um, I, I don't think that that... Inspires them to participate. The Republican leaders, the editorial board says, uh, don't fear voter fraud. They fear voters. Once again, an assumption of motives. Right. Uh, a- again, and these guys pretend to know so much about Republican motivation on this stuff, and it's never from a good place. It's never from a position of, hey, we want to ensure election integrity. No, no, it's always some nefarious motive that drives Republicans, which I guess makes it very easy to do your job. If you're always thinking that you know the motive of somebody and it's bad, then everything kind of writes itself. And that's what these editorialists do in this state. Uh, The guy, Seth Efron, I've mentioned him before. He is the uh, former communications guy for two democratic governors former democratic governors and he writes the uh the editorials for WRAL TV and Uh, The Capital Broadcast Company, which is run by owned by Jim Goodman and the Goodman's donate tons of money to left wing organizations. One of those organizations that uh, Goodman serves on the board, if I recall correctly, is the A.J. Fletcher Foundation. The A.J. Fletcher uh, Foundation employs a guy by the name of David Sercosta, who happens to be the chairman of the North Carolina Board of Elections appointed by Governor Roy Cooper. Okay, so uh, these are the connections, and I'm not supposed to see this stuff, and I'm not supposed to see that every single day you've got an editorial at WRAL ripping Republicans. I'm not supposed to see that. I'm not supposed to see that every editorial board constantly makes these uh, assumptions about Republican motives. Well, we've got a development now. A judge has weighed in. A judge that, so one of the reasons why this consent agreement was. Uh, and was drafted, uh, was because back in August, a judge said, you've got to do some stuff to make it uh, uh, safer for people to vote, right, to address some of these concerns. And this was the reason cited by the parties for why they came up with this deal. Okay? This is, uh, who is this? The AP by Jonathan Drew. In a headline, Federal Judge Questions, North Carolina Absentee Rule Change doesn't smack it down, he doesn't scold, he doesn't, you know, doesn't do anything aggressive like that. He's just questioning. A federal judge said that a North Carolina Elections Board directive making it easier for voters to fix witness deficiencies in absentee ballots may violate a previous ruling he made and has ordered state lawyers to explain the changes to him, Uh, which is a very, uh, that is, I will say it's a very neutral way of of writing that story, or writing or starting the story. I don't think it conveys really what the judge in the case was communicating. That's just me. I acknowledge, though, that I'm a little bit biased on this. Um, So here is WRAL's story. Federal judge strikes down change to NC absentee ballot witness requirement. Democracy, North Carolina. So, there, so this is maybe a little confusing. There, there are several cases involving our election laws that Democrats have brought in order to try to strip away a lot of these protections, and they they've been filed all over the place. Democracy, NC. Uh, they are they're suing in a state court, okay, uh, and that was, or sorry, they're suing in the federal court, and this federal court is where this ruling has come out of. You've got the other lawsuit. That Mark Elias and the AFL-CIO group, like, they were suing, and that one was in state court, okay? But they're all connected, because they're all suing over the same rules. And these are all Democrat-affiliated organizations. Now, I don't want to accuse people of coordination, but they don't need to coordinate. You just read the news, and you'll see what's happening. So Democracy NC had filed this lawsuit, uh, according to WRAL, to obtain more protections for voters. Again, there's an assumption of narrative, right? That's the assumption that this is what they're telling you, and that's the truth. That's the only reason they're suing. We are simply suing to get more protections for people. Now, if I wanted to assume the worst motivations, I would say they're suing to strip away integrity protections, right? They're trying to undermine the integrity of the election, if I wanted to assume the worst motives of people. But I don't do that. I I try not to do that uh, with people. So Democracy NC files this lawsuit, and the judge in this case is U.S. District Judge William Osteen. And last month, he ordered the state not to reject any absentee ballots until election officials come up with a statewide process that, in the case of any kind of errors, that they can be fixed, like there's a signature mismatch or a deficient witness contact information, something like that. And it gives voters notice of the problem and it gives them a way to fix it before the ballot gets rejected or in the parlance of the elections officials, they call it spoiled ballots. If you ever hear that term, that's what that means when the ballot is spoiled. So uh, Osteen also told the state at the time that it could not enforce an existing law that bans nursing home staff From assisting voters with filling out ballots or mailing them. However, he rejected a motion from Democracy NC that would have suspended the witness requirement, okay, saying that they had not proven that that would be an undue burden for voters, even during these uncertain times. Okay, so that's, that was the, this is what Osteen had ruled in early August. By late August, August 21, the Board of Elections then issues a memo goes out to all of the boards of elections it outlines a new statewide process that would allow voters uh when they're casting their absentee mail-in ballots uh, if they're missing information it gives them a way to resolve the problem that was august 21st but then september 22nd that memo gets revised and now and this is where we have the problem in the revised process process, Voters can fix their ballot by signing a sworn affidavit if any of the witness or assistant information uh, was missing or in the wrong place. Those ballots would not longer be, uh, the thing that's supposed to say, would no longer be considered spoiled, okay? This is WRAL's story. So they're telling you, like, on September 22nd, the memo got revised, and now all of a sudden the witness uh, information, if it's missing, uh, then we've got another way to fix it, Okay. I love this line. It's unclear why the rules on witness or assistant signatures were relaxed. (laughs) It's unclear. So now, don't know the motives. Can't assume any kind of motives. We have no idea why this happened. The court record in the Osteen case does not show that anybody challenged the earlier procedure. Right. This was crafted by Karen Brinson Bell, the Board of Elections Director, right, the lawyers from the Attorney General's office, and the lawyers that are suing the state. And they're all Democrats. Um, state board spokesman, Pat Gannon, wouldn't give a comment because of pending litigation. Um, Senator Paul Newton, Republican, Cabarrus County, co-chairman of the Senate Elections Committee. Uh, he says Newton and other Republicans say the changes made in this last memo were actually due to a settlement the board agreed to on September 15th to resolve this lawsuit with the AFL-CIO group. Okay. Uh, as much as WRAL is framing it as that Newton and the other Republicans are saying that these changes are due to that, that is what they are due to. Mark Elias said that, tweeted it out. This is not something that Republicans are alleging. This is what the Democrats say they've done. That's why the new rules went out. They were celebrating it. The settlement was unanimously approved by the bipartisan board at the time, but then the two Republicans quit, as I um, as I mentioned, the same day that the memo was. Revised, that's when the Republicans quit. Quote, Even though they need to get a judge to approve the so-called settlement, they went ahead and implemented the elimination of the witness requirement contrary to state law in every county in our state, said Newton, Senator Newton. We think that is flat out wrong. We think voters deserve better. Republicans have accused the Democratic-led board of collusion with national Democratic groups in the case accusing them of a sue and settle scam to implement changes to the state's voting laws that the legislature and other courts had already rejected this is all these are all just accusations there's no other explanation for it of course for why this unfolded the way it unfolded but these are just accusations so let me get to the uh, let me get to the judges. Uh, ruling uh, here, or his order that he sent out yesterday uh, afternoon. Uh, But first, let me tell you about Schaefer Smith. Uh, You know that your website is really, really important to your business, right? Or even... Look, even if you just want to start your own sort of blogging website, but you don't know how to do it, and you don't know what you want in it, you you want some logos and graphics and stuff, but you want to work with somebody to help you out, Schaefer Smith can do that with you. Um, You want your website to turn up in search engine results, right? Uh, You may know a lot about your business, but not a lot about website design and maintenance. Schaefer Smith at Schaefer Smith Design, Uh, he can help you because great design solves a lot of problems with websites. Professional services, corporate, small businesses, entrepreneurs. Schaefer Smith can help you with graphics and photos. If you want to build an online store, he can help you do that. Search engine optimization, website maintenance and security. He does logos. He did the Pete Callender Show logo. So go to SchaeferSmith.com and get the most out of your website. That's SchaeferSmith.com. All right, so a couple days ago, defendants from the General Assembly Uh, They filed a notice with this judge and he says, quote, it is not immediately clear why this notice was filed with this court. Ordinarily, compliance with an order of this court would require a party to request some type of enforcement for noncompliance rather than a suggestion that this court review purported compliance. Nevertheless, because silence could be misconstrued as approval from this court, this court has reviewed the memo in question that the board of elections sent out to the counties and does not find it consistent with this court's order entered on August 4th. What is he saying? I told you guys to do something and what you just did is not what I told you to do. It appears to this court that memo 2020-19 uh, issued by the North Carolina State Board of Elections may be reasonably interpreted to eliminate the one witness requirement under the guise of compliance with this court's order. So the judge is saying it is reasonable. The arguments that the Republicans have been making are entirely reasonable, despite what the editorial boards think, right? despite what NC Policy Watch thinks. This court finds a status conference is necessary in light of this court's present concern that alleged compliance with the court's order is resulting in elimination of a duly enacted statute requiring a witness to an absentee ballot. The law, uh, as upheld by this court, specifies the procedure for voting on absente- an absentee ballot, including the requirement that one person witnessed the voter completing their absentee ballot. Notably, he goes on to say later, uh, for an absentee ballot to be valid, the voter must have marked the ballot in the presence of the witness and the witness must sign the ballot as a witness. Nothing about this court's preliminary injunction order can or should be construed as finding that the failure of a witness to sign the application and certificate as a witness is a deficiency which can be cured with that affidavit that they just came up with he goes on to say the court's order cannot in any way be construed to permit a missing witness signature to be cured in this way now there's some interesting history in this case again this is the federal case brought by democracy nc but it pertains to the state case because they're suing over the same things okay he but here's this history this is very interesting He goes, in his order, he says, Plaintiffs in this action, so the Democracy NC, uh, they challenged the witness requirement. Executive defendants, including the North Carolina State Board of Elections, expressed support for eliminating the witness requirement, but opposed the request and defended the one witness requirement. Do you understand that? The Board of Elections, in in this case... They said that they support eliminating the witness requirement, but we're going to oppose what you're arguing. Why? Well, because the legislature passed this law, right? The legislature passed the law. So while we agree that you'd very much like to eliminate it, and we agree that we'd like to do so as well as the Board of Elections, uh, we're going to defend the law because that's the law. But then he goes on to say, look, I ruled in favor of you defendants on this case. He found... Even high-risk voters can comply with a one witness requirement in a relatively low-risk way, as long as they plan ahead and abide by all relevant precautionary measures like social distancing, using hand sanitizer, and wearing a mask. In other words, the burden on voters is modest at most. The deterrent effect sufficiently is weighty to justify the modest burden. What is he saying? that yes, there is a trade-off here, election integrity and ease of voting. And this is the the General Assembly, they passed a law to strike a balance between these two uh, competing interests. And I'm not going to undo that because it seems like it's a fair enough balance. It doesn't seem like this is a completely onerous and burdensome thing to do. He goes on to say later in the order, it now appears that on September 22nd, the North Carolina State Board of Elections eliminated the one witness requirement under the guise of compliance with the court's order. The court finds, following the review and preliminarily, that that procedure and cure as set out in the memo is not consistent. Sending this affidavit, this certification, in order to fix it... um, he says it, it basically eliminates the witness requirement. The policy ignores the fact that this court's order upheld the one witness requirement and in so doing uh, found that it was a reasonable measure to defer uh, to deter fraud. All right, so th- and it's a 12 page memo here or uh, order from the uh, from the judge. I'm not going to go into all of the details. Um, and and read all of it to you. But those are the high points, okay? So the federal judge has come down at this point on the side of those evil Republicans who just don't want people to vote. (laughs) Now, I should point out that I'm sure the folks on the left are going to point out as well that uh, the judge, William Osteen, is a uh, George W. Bush appointee. So he would rule that way. (laughs) <laughs> right, because Republican judges always are tainted by their political bias. Democratic judges never are; they're they're always straight shooters. You know, uh, always. Speaking of straight shooters, Rowena Patton, she is helping us buy our house. And let me tell you, there have been a couple times in our in the course of our discussions uh, over the last month uh, where we've had some dis- frank sort of exchanges. And she says, she tells me, she's like, I'm just going to tell you how it is. And I said, I want you to. There's nothing worse than working with a realtor that feels the need to shield you from information because they, they, they're they afraid of how you'll react or, uh, you know, uh, that, that you're going to get upset or something. But like, I need that information. I need to know what that is. If something is, you know, off the table for us, then we need to know that. And that's what she has been willing to do, and she's always, you know, her bedside manner is fantastic when it comes to telling us the bad news over the course of the last month. But uh, we're very happy, we're very excited, we're getting into a house that's, uh, it's, getting, it's getting built, it's part of a new development, and so it's been, um, it's been a lot of fun. Rowena Patton and her all-star powerhouse team—they also outsell ninety-nine percent of the realtors in the state. She's the only agent I would ever think of calling. I highly recommend her and the team. 333-4483, mountainhomehunt.com is the website. 333-4483, mountainhomehunt.com, and then start packing. All right, now this brings me to um, the Attorney General, Josh Stein. Lawyers with the State Attorney General's Office, which is representing the Elections Board, uh, before Osteen, quote, Look forward to discussing and addressing this issue at Friday's status hearing. That according to a spokeswoman, Laura Brewer. This is what she told the AP in an email. She said, our office appreciates Judge Osteen's clarification of his order. Clarification? He's telling you you did not abide by his order. You guys made up an entirely new process. That's what you guys did. This, his order did not need clarification. For you to follow it the witness requirement should have remained and you guys tried to take it away it's very simple now Attorney General Josh Stein, you'll recall, when the Republicans first started squawking about this consent agreement, Josh Stein was uh, Johnny on the spot, or Josh on the spot, with uh, with pushback. He went on to Twitter, he was doing videos and stuff, and put out a big fact sheet, the truth about the, uh, the State Board of Elections' work to protect voters during COVID-19. And the first thing he did was say false claim that uh, these actions represent wholesale changes to election laws that flout state law and court decisions. And he says the truth is these proposed actions comply with a federal court order and respond to the coronavirus pandemic in a limited way that respects North Carolina law. Well, it appears it does not. So his fact sheet that he put out telling us what the truth is versus these false claims from Republicans Not really bearing out today, are they? Uh, Another one that he said, false claim. This settlement eliminates the witness requirement. The truth is, this settlement does not eliminate the witness requirement. In response to the federal court order to allow a voter to cure a mail-in ballot with errors, the settlement fulfills the purpose of the witness requirement, to confirm that the person voting the ballot is the right person. Um. That has also borne out to not be true. Stein said in a statement after Berger and Moore uh, did their news conference the other day, this is Travis Fain's story, WRAL, the other day, said Josh Stein, quote, says Berger and Moore should be ashamed of themselves for trying to undermine people's faith in the electoral process. Again, is it possible that your actions, Attorney General Stein, are what actually undermine people's confidence in the elections. That this consent deal that was entered into without the general assembly doing an end run around state law—is it possible that that undermines people's faith and confidence in the electoral process? Okay. So Josh Stein comes out and says all of these, um, all of these things, ripping on the Republicans, and he's—he's he's, you know right there to, uh, to to question their their motives and to say that, you know, what they were doing uh, was all driven by, you know, partisan animus. Okay, so this morning, I put out a tweet. As I do, I wake up and I send out some tweets. And by the way, one of the reasons why I do this, particularly the ones that are pointed at North Carolina Media, there's a reason I do this, it's intentional, is <laughs> that I try to affect the news cycle. I am trying to give story ideas and there's nothing um, there's nothing evil or nefarious about it I just recognize that there are a lot of reporters and newsrooms that are not of the right they are of the left and so they just are not aware of certain ideas and stories that are percolating out here and so they're gonna go into their you know morning meeting they're gonna uh, Uh, Talk about assignments and uh, plot the course for the rest of the day. What are our news programs going to look like? What are our coverage plans? And so if I can put some bugs in some ears at the beginning of the day, maybe these are stories that they will pursue. So I sent out a tweet this morning. I said, will the North Carolina press challenge the attorney general on his fact sheet that has now been gutted by a federal judge? So far, it's been radio silence since yesterday's order. Okay, so two parts to this. I said, will the media challenge this fact sheet? And there's been radio silence since yesterday's order. I got a response. And uh, this response came from Travis Fain, the reporter at WRAL. He said, the judge's order... Came out uh, at about four PM yesterday. The initial coverage got up pretty quickly, so the radio silence is from overnight. Because what you want is, or sorry, because what you want wasn't in your hands by eight thirty AM, because that's when I sent out the tweet. So first off, do you detect the tone here? I do. The tone is hypersensitive, right? The tone is, uh, or comes from a place of high, hypersensitivity. And uh, he's defending himself from accusations that he's not doing his job. Okay, Uh, so first off, um, and I responded to him this way as well, which is that my question is, will the press look at this? Right. It's a future looking uh, statement. Will you look at this? Not past looking. I'm not saying you didn't look at this. I understand the order came out yesterday afternoon, um, and there are, you know, every, a couple of these uh, reporters, they got, you know, an emailed statement from the attorney general's office that's like, thanks a lot, judge, for the clarification. I just read you the quote, right? So I understand that there has been a response. I'm talking about what will reporters look to do? What stories will they look to cover? Will they challenge the attorney general on the fact sheet that he put out that now is clearly... Suspect, right? His rationale and the argument that he asserted, I mean, just because he's an attorney general, guys, that doesn't mean that he's that he's automatically correct in his lawyering. Lawyers are wrong all the time. In fact, lawyers are going to lose a case every time there's a trial. One lawyer always loses, okay? So this idea that just because he's a lawyer and he's the attorney general and so what he's arguing is true— that's, that doesn't make it true. Him being the attorney general and a lawyer doesn't make his argument correct, okay? And so uh, he's made, he, has, he put forward this fact sheet, and by the way, I point out uh, he was also a state politician, uh, state senator, for years before he was the attorney general. So he's a politician, just like Roy Cooper was. This is the, the pipeline, attorney general to governor. So first off, the question that I asked is, will the reporters look into this? And That's a legitimate question. Will you look into it? My bet is no. Second point, though, about the radio silence—that was about the attorney general himself, because Stein hasn't tweeted about it at, at least right up until right now. His attorney general hasn't, uh, office hasn't said anything about it. There's been no, uh, no communications about what the judge has said. Only that, oh, we look forward to the meeting tomorrow. There's no, oh, well, our fact sheet is now somehow, you know, tainted. Oh, we'll take down the fact sheet. Oh, we have a different idea. There's nothing. There's no defense against what the judge said. And I understand why, to some degree, you don't ever want to challenge the judge in the case, right because then you might get a uh, a disadvantageous ruling <laughs> against you. So I understand that to some degree. but right now that like I looked at Josh Stein's Twitter feed, he hadn't said anything in like almost twenty four hours. so yeah. I have some questions about the radio silence from the attorney general's office. Now, maybe Travis Fain at WRAL thought I was talking about him and the media there and got a little uh, sensitive about it. But no, I was simply you know, pointing out that um, you have a story idea that somebody could go chase down. If you are intrepid enough to go find it, go figure out uh, whether or not Travis or uh, Josh Stein's fact sheet is still factual by the judge's order. Take a look at that. Maybe pick that apart. Maybe do a fact check of the fact sheet, right? Just spitball in here. And along those lines, uh, here's an idea. If you are looking for a mattress, get on over to Mattress Man, MattressManStores.com. That's the website, MattressManStores.com. Mattress Man has inner spring mattresses, pillow tops, natural latex mattresses. He's got adjustable bases. These are fantastic. So you can elevate your feet to help with uh, circulatory issues. You can raise your head up as well, uh, which helps you watch TV. It also, okay, well, it also helps you with snoring. It can reduce snoring as well. Um, Christy and I, we got our memory foam. We got a memory foam mattress from Mattress Man years ago. And oh, it's about eight years ago. We love it. It's like sleeping on a marshmallow. Uh, he's, a uh, locally owned mattress man is locally owned and operated. It's got four stores in Asheville, Arden, and Hendersonville. They do ship nationwide, so let the sleep consultants help you find the right bed for you. If you walk into any of their stores, they're going to practice, you know, the 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 safe uh, COVID-related protocols and such. Um, but they're going to help you find the right mattress for you because everybody sleeps differently, and how you sleep, the position you sleep in, uh, it affects the kind of mattress that you should probably buy. They have five-star local delivery service and a 120-day Comfort guarantee. Experience the difference at Mattress Man, buy local, and sleep better. All right, along the lines of election integrity, uh, but shifting to the presidential debate that was held this week, uh, Chris Wallace asked Donald Trump and Joe Biden, what are you each prepared to do to assure Americans that the person who wins will be the legitimate winner?
2: Prepared to let people vote. They should go to IWillvote.com. Decide how they're gonna vote, when they're gonna vote, and what means by which they're gonna vote. His own Homeland Security director, as well as the FBI director, says there is no evidence at all that mail-in ballots are a source of, of being manipulated and cheating. They said that. The fact is that there are going to be millions of people because of COVID that are going to be voting by mail and ballots, like he does, by the way. He sits behind the resolute desk and sends his ballot to Florida, number one. Number two, we're going to make sure that those people who want to vote in person are able to vote because enough poll watchers are there to make sure they can socially distance. The polls are open on time and the polls stay open until the votes are counted. And this is all about trying to dissuade people from voting because he's trying to to scare people into thinking that it's not going to be legitimate. Show up and vote. You will determine the outcome of this election. Vote. Vote, vote. If you're able to vote early in your state, vote early. If you're able to vote in person, vote in person. Vote whatever.
1: He's not actually answering the question,
2: by the way. He's just telling people to go vote. Will he cannot stop you from being able to determine the outcome of this election. And in terms of whether or not, when the votes are counted and they're all counted, that will be accepted. If I win, that will be accepted. If I lose, that'll be accepted. But by the way, if in fact he says he's not sure what he's going to accept, well, let me tell you something. It doesn't matter. Because if we get the votes, it's going to be all over. He's going to go. He can't stay in power. It won't happen. It won't happen. So vote. Just make sure you understand you have it in your control to determine what this country is going to look like the next four years.
1: All right. So one of the things he's doing there at the end is he's trying to allay the fears that are on the left that Donald Trump is not going to leave office if he loses. This is a real fear. They, They like they are uh they're war gaming this out like what if donald trump refuses to leave we're gonna have to have a military coup they believe this is a real possibility
2: is it going to change In four more years of these lies mr president two minutes so
0: when i listened to joe talking about a transition uh, there's been no transition from when i won i won that election and if you look at crooked hillary clinton if you look at all of the different people Uh, there was no transition because they came after me trying to do a coup. They came after me spying on my campaign. They started from the day I won and even before I won, from the day I came down the escalator with our first lady. They were a disaster. They were a disgrace to our country. And we've caught them. We've caught them all. We've got it all on tape. We've caught them all. And by the way, you gave the idea for the Logan Act against General Flynn. You better take a look at that because we caught you in a sense and President Obama was sitting in the office. He knew about it too. So don't tell me about a free transition. As far as the ballots are concerned, it's a disaster. A solicited ballot, okay, solicited is okay. You're soliciting, you're asking, they send it back, you send it back. I did that. If you have an unsolicited, they're sending millions of ballots all over the country. There's fraud. They found them in creeks. They found some with the name Trump. Just happen to have the name Trump. Just the other day in a waste paper basket. They're being sent all over the place. They sent two in a Democrat area. They sent out a thousand ballots. Everybody got two ballots. This is going to be a fraud like you've never seen. The other thing, it's nice on November third, you're watching and you see who won the election. And I think we're gonna do well because people are really happy with the job we've done. But you know what? We won't know. We might not know for months because these ballots are going to be all over. Take a look at what happened in Manhattan. Take a look at what happened in New Jersey. Take a look at what happened in Virginia and other places. They're not losing two percent, one percent, which, by the way, is too much. An election could be won or lost with that. They're losing 30 and 40 percent. It's a fraud and it's a shame. And can you imagine where they say uh, you have to have your ballot in by November 10th? November 10th. That means that's seven days after the election in theory should have been announced. Okay. We have in major that, states no, time, with that. Sir, All run by two Democrats. Minutes is two minutes. All de- run you're, by you're, Democrats. It's, President a Trump, it's a rigged I, I, election. You're going to be able to.
1: righty. So, uh, I, I am every day more convinced that, uh, we need to do a complete, uh, overhaul of the way we vote. Mainly the calendar. Um, I would submit election day becomes a national holiday. I'm not a big fan of making national holidays, but give everybody the day off. Mandatory. Like, you can go vote. Everything closes down for a day, so everybody goes to vote. Um, And then you can have an early voting period of like a week ahead of time in case somebody is sick, they can't make it to the polling station on that day if you want to go vote early for a week or two ahead of time. But uh, the the mail-in voting stuff... I'm sorry. I'm just I have I have very little confidence in it when they find ballots as and look, he's going through all of these different cases and folks are paying attention to ballot integrity and voter in, election integrity matters like we're aware of these stories, the the cases where I mean, they had to throw out an entire election. Uh, In the Northeast, Uh, you've got uh, the guy who was, you know, I I did the story a couple of uh, days ago where the guy uh, is a ballot harvester out of New Jersey. He's worked in case or elections for like 20 years, and he goes through and tells you exactly how he would go about doing it. Um, It's not rocket science. If people want to take advantage of the system, there are ways to do so. I'm old enough to remember when Democrats made that argument because they were making an argument in North Carolina against voter ID. They were saying, don't do voter ID. If you're so concerned about the integrity of the elections, then what you need to focus on is absentee balloting, because that's where the fraud really happens. And then you got the 9th Congressional District scandal that occurred with the ballot harvesting uh, by a guy who has been doing it for Democrats for years and then recently switched sides. And so now uh, it all blew up and the Democrats are like, see, this is what we were telling you. You guys are all pretending that you care so much about the ballot harvesting and, and election integrity. But here you go. You guys were doing it. So then the General Assembly, Republicans and Democrats join them, come along and say, let's uh, let's enact new safeguards. Let's add some security. And it passes in a bipartisan fashion. And now we have to undo all of those rules or a lot of the rules, specifically the one uh, that says you have to have a witness. I got to tell you, part of me is wondering if we are now going to see a new kind of election campaign in in American politics. Because think about this. If Joe Biden wins, he will have won without doing very many uh, campaign stops, doing no rallies, none of the retail politics stuff, right? Uh, Basically, you know, uh, hiding out, avoiding the media basically every other day, just pushing out ads, putting surrogates out there on Zoom chats and such, fundraising, advertising, and big tech, right? Is this... Is this the way of the future where a candidate now basically just has to win over big tech and the media and then they can have sort of the the run of the place? Because Trump is out there doing all of these rallies and they're just, you know, I can't believe he's putting people's lives at risk by doing these rallies, which I'm not aware still to this day. Have there been any outbreaks connected to his rallies. And I'm not saying that as a way to diminish or dismiss the concerns about that. I'm pointing it out because if there aren't any outbreaks, then I submit we we need to reassess and reexamine our assumptions about the COVID virus and whether or not this stuff whether or not it spreads at these types of events. Because that's all we've been hearing is that it does spread. And I, right now I default to a position of, I guess it does. It makes sense to me that it would, but if there are no outbreaks getting connected back to these things, then maybe it doesn't. You got to be willing to adapt to the new information, but I'm afraid so many people have become so freaking paranoid over all of this at some point, And it's starting to happen. And this is not in any of the epidemiological models, um, It's starting to happen now. People are eventually going to tire of the government orders and stuff, and they're just going to stop. They're just going to stop listening. And at that point, then, uh, all of the models don't really make any difference, any sense at all. I mean, it's going to be problematic. Don't get me wrong. You're going to have outbreaks and stuff. But at some point, people will refuse to continue to live in a lockdown mode. They're just going to stop. And I think it might start with the bar owners after uh, yesterday's announcement from Governor Cooper here. We'll get into that uh, on tomorrow's show. Uh, First, if you're looking to get into some yard uh, maintenance this fall, you know you are. Yard work, it's year-round, right? It's year-round. So you know you need some new tools. If you just bought a house or something, or maybe you got some old tools that have to be replaced, you're in luck. Right now going on a general equipment rental in Weaverville is the Husqvarna Fall Sale. At General Equipment Rental, it's running through the end of the month. You can take advantage of huge savings. These are on uh, not just gas-powered equipment, but also battery-powered equipment. And people ask me, uh, do I have a preference on the gas or the battery? And I, I always say the same thing. It depends. It depends on the size of the yard, the size of the project, the tool, um You know, I have uh, like if I got a really big piece of property, steep slopes and stuff, I'm going to want a weed whacker, you know, a a, a trimmer or whatever that is able to go um, in a lot of different places, has enough power to get it really in some of the big brush and stuff. Um, And so probably going gas powered on that. If I've got a smaller piece of property just as a homeowner, when I had one in Charlotte, uh, it was a battery powered deal. And I had two batteries, one would charge, I would use one, and that was enough to get me around the property. That's all I needed. So get the tool for your property, the right tool for the job. And General Equipment Rental will help you with that. They, you just talk with them about size of your property, what you're looking to do with it, and they'll help steer you to the right tool for the job. Uh, they've got deals on blowers, saws, trimmers, lawn mowers, chainsaws, the Husqvarna fall sale. Okay, General Equipment Rental is your source for all of your equipment needs. Everything from lawn and garden equipment to construction and earth-moving equipment. General Equipment Rental in Weaverville is at the intersection of Merriman Avenue and Reams Creek Road, family-owned and operated for three generations. GeneralRents.com is their website. GeneralRents.com. Go to the website, get pre-qualified for 0% APR for 48 months. GeneralRents.com. General Equipment Rental. Think outside your toolbox. All right. Now, regarding Joe Biden's answer in that uh, debate question, I um, would point out, as Joe Gabriel Simonson from the D.C. Examiner, he says, look, Joe Biden has 500, roughly 500 lawyers ready for election night just in case you think he's not looking for a court fight. <laughs> he's got 500 lawyers. Right. So and, and that's not to say that the Republicans don't either everybody's got lawyers. They're being deployed all over America into all of the states. There are teams everywhere, particularly in the swing states, okay? There is a reason why the first half of the show when I spent talking about the Board of Elections and all of that, uh, the agreement, the consent deal and all, uh, Mark Elias, that attorney for the Democrats, he has made similar lawsuits in other states. And coincidentally, they're all swing states. I'm sure there's nothing to it, But they're all swing states. There's a reason for that. It's not coincidental, obviously. They're trying to make it easier for their voters to vote. That's the idea. And you know what? If it weakens some of the protections, well, that's just gravy. Oh, no. Now, that would be ascribing motive. That would be assuming that they are in it for the wrong reasons, right? That there are nefarious uh, uh, motives afoot here. Because, you see, only Republicans would harvest ballots. Even though... We've got a story. We've got plenty of stories. Here's one out of Pennsylvania. The FBI and Pennsylvania State Police now investigating after the U.S. Attorney's Office reported that nine military ballots were found discarded in Luzerne County. Seven of them had been cast for Donald Trump. This was the case that Trump was referencing in his answer uh, right there. You also have a case. Where was this out of? Uh, U.S. Postal Service is investigating how three trays of mail, including absentee ballots, ended up in a ditch line in Wisconsin, a swing state whose voters could prove crucial in the upcoming elections. Okay, so there are cases, despite what Joe Biden said in his answer, there are cases of these ballots being manipulated and thrown out. I consider to be manipulated. That is part of fraud as well. It's election fraud. That's a wrap for this episode. Remember, subscribe to the podcast. Give it a positive review. I appreciate it. And think about becoming a patron of the show. You'll get exclusive content like our live streams. Got one tonight. Links are all in the description of the podcast and at the show.com. Thanks so much for your support and for listening. Talk to you later. Don't break anything while I'm gone.